She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. Before I go into today's episode with an amazing guest that I have on for you all, I just want to talk to you about um, something really exciting that is coming up. There's two things actually. For anyone listening to this that is in the West Lothian or surrounding areas, so you live kind of near me or you can drive to where I live, then you are invited to a beautiful event that I am running with Jenny Smith. Jenny Smith, she is uh, such a key person when Lynette and I are running our in-person residential retreats and she's run a couple with us now. And she is a Kundalini instructor. She, oh God, what you know, I say she's a Kundalini teacher, instructor. She is so much more than that. She delivers the most beautiful cacao ceremonies. Um, she uses her voice and gets you to really use your voice, move your body. It is absolute medicine and gold what Jenny delivers in her retreats. And we have her coming to a one-day event in West Lothian that her and I are running together. There's going to be cacao ceremony. There's going to be a little, 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 little bit of optional movement. We are going to be moving energy through our body. We're going to be meditating together. We're going to be connecting to our heart space, opening up our hearts and thinking about our goals and visions for 2023 that are heart-led, that are not led with the mind. Because a lot of the time when we think of goals, we think of a vision board and we put all these things on it, but they aren't truly led by our heart and the true essence of who we are. So we are going to get you into that space, connecting with it and really feeling, 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 feeling how you should feel moving into a new year. And we are still in that wintering period. So we're going to go super gentle on you, but we're also going to challenge you in that space. So it's four hours. It is on Saturday, the 28th of January. And it is in the Choose You Yoga Studio in Carmandine in Livingston. Um, And uh, tickets are only £50. £50 and we are running this from 4pm until 8pm so you're getting four hours of absolute magic in that time so yeah join us join us if you can get there join us it's in person it's going to be wonderful the other thing I want to invite you to do is to take a look at the empowered women we have just a couple of spaces left and we begin this journey um, in mid-February mid-February, and I will be guiding you through 14 weeks. You're going to work with me very, very closely. You'll be coached by me. You'll have 10 weeks of coaching. You'll have 10 lessons. You're going to have masterminds. You're going to have different classes in there and we're going to do an in-person event at the end. So if you would like to work with me on a deeper level, now this is deep work, this is not surface level, it is not for the faint-hearted, so if that's what you're looking for, I ain't your gal, but if you are looking for sustainable, transformational, authentic success, and transformation in your life, then this could be the program for you. I'm dropping the details in the show notes, you can click the link to leave your details and I'll arrange a discovery call with you. Alternatively, you can email me hello at 
jill-ritchie.com and just put in the title empowered so that I know that it's coming from this podcast and I can reach back out to you. Okay guys, um, let me tell you about my guest today because I'm just chatting on and on and on here and you're like, yes, yeah, shut up. I want to hear about this guest. We have the epic, epic actress, life coach, well-being queen, Gemma Merna joining us today. Gemma is no stranger to the podcast. She has been on the podcast before, back in season one, which was well over two years ago. And we had a great conversation then. And we are having an even deeper, beautiful conversation today. We are talking about grief. Um, Gemma's dad passed away 10 years ago and she is sharing her journey of navigating through grief back then in a world where she felt very unsupported in the sense that um, she was an actress at the time in a very well-known show and there was a real lack of support for her so much so she left the show behind um, but I'm really glad she did because she is now creating and being who I believe she's supposed to be um, and shining her light into the world. I have lots of details on Gemma in the show notes and ways that you can connect with her but yeah we talk about the beauty that can come from death in this episode so guys sit back relax enjoy and have an absolutely gorgeous weekend lots of love she loves herself with Jill Ritchie hi and welcome back to she loves herself the podcast the grief season and today I have with me the incredible Gemma Merna Gemma, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gemma, this isn't your first time on the podcast. No, it isn't. I, uh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. How many years ago is it now? Well, it was probably about two years ago because the podcast has been running for two years past October and you were on, I think you were on season one of the was podcast. It? Yeah. Or yeah. season two, maybe. Yeah, you were, it was about two years ago yeah. that you were on the podcast and you and I connected um, and you were very much in your journey in the wellness space and oh you were doing lots of beautiful things and then from then we sort of stayed in touch and connected and then you went on and did even more in the wellness space and you've got your own podcast now you are an accredited coach hypnotherapy you're doing yeah. all things and you are shining your light into the world and before we started recording we were we were just talking about um who we are being in this lifetime and also touching on our missions and what we're here to do and what serves us and ensuring that we are really filling up our cup and being around a tribe of people that allow us to expand and grow um and I think it's really important just to mention that you touched on grief and I said let's start recording because yeah. we're, we're going to just go on on one here and I, I we love these conversations to be organic and I asked you on this podcast because number one you're doing incredible things in the world right now um, and number two you have and I guess probably still are on your own journey of grief um you dad passed away um yeah. And also your beautiful dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when people talk about grief, Gemma, ultimately, I think in the main people think about human. 
Yeah, they do. Human grief, right? But I know, because I've watched you for a number of years now, how important your dogs are to you. They are your babies, right? Yeah, completely, completely. Mm. And yeah, when you lose your babies, it's, 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 God, it's really hard. But like, I'll take you really back from losing my dad, which was like 10 years ago. So I kind of got brought up and... I think most people probably was around that really shielded from death, really shielded from if anyone died in the family, I was never allowed to go to the funeral. I was never really know to know it. I was very, I always remember this memory when I was about seven or eight running down to my mom going, I don't want to die. I don't want to die in tears. It's like that first memory of your aware of death. Mm. And so I was always really frightened of death. Um, and then, you know, I was doing, you know, getting on with my life, I had a great career living, you know, like the best life in my twenties. And then, yeah, my dad passed away, um, which was 10, 10 years ago. It'll be 11 years actually this July. And it was the first thing that had happened to me that just hit me. And I was like, what do I do? And that thing of, He's because my dad passed away very so we take you back to this. My my granddad passed away, and then we were getting ready to bury my granddad. And my dad went to see my granddad in the chapel arrest, say on the Saturday it was. My granddad had died on the Monday. And that night my dad went to bed and had a heart attack and died. So we had to postpone my granddad's funeral. And then we buried them both together, like a week, two weeks later. So it was a really traumatic <clears throat> time for us all. Basically, it was a phone call on a Sunday morning. You know, dad's dead. Come come down, you know what I mean? So I'd like, I'm based in Liverpool, I had to go to Manchester. And, and yeah, and the first thing was, which is quite raw really, isn't it? But for me to say, but it is just the journey. You know, we were all like, please keep him there. I don't want... I want to see him before he goes yeah. so then that's a hard thing because you have that image in your head as well so yeah the whole the whole kind of thing around my dad's death was very traumatic and with the work that I do now I realized that it was yeah really traumatic and probably there should have been a bit more help there for us all and for myself especially um and yeah, I was kind of, I, I went back into work. I was, well, I, we, were, we were actually at the chapel arrest for my dad and I was getting calls um, from Hollyoaks, like, when are you coming back into work? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't even think, I don't even know what day it is, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's that TV world, isn't it? You know, just get on with it, turn up the next day, you know, it's, but for me personally, I couldn't do that. I know some people can. I couldn't do that. I'm a really highly sensitive person. I'm really in tune with myself and my own intuition. And I just had to sit with it and process it. Like, mm, I always remember thinking, shock. yeah, I always remember thinking, like, my dad is dead. Yeah. And everyone is just carrying on with their life. Like, that's the point that I couldn't yeah. get. I remember in the car, the traffic lights going, 
traffic going by, people just living, people at work, and my dad's dead. Like, can we just all stop for a moment? Yeah. Like, I just couldn't, you know, I know the world keeps turning and stuff, but I really couldn't process that very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and so, yeah, I think you don't really know what to do. I just kind of retreated back into myself, really, and I had my dogs around me. They really helped me through it. But again, I don't think you know what's right or wrong with grief. And if you look at like 10 years ago, people didn't talk about it. No. And I was in an industry where you have to just put a smile on your face and just carry on. And and we're in a world of perfectionism, Mm -hmm. not showing your vulnerability, not showing, you know, what's really going on in your life. It was a really, 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 really tough time for me because I was like, once I did go back to work and once I did just kind of go back to the routine, I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm. And then over time, the anxiety built and I didn't realise I was suffering from like chronic anxiety, which I'd already, I had suffered from that when I was a child, but it never really, no one really knew what it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely not talked about. And just picking up on what you said there, Gemma, about 10 years ago and the vulnerability. I mean, even two years ago, people didn't talk about vulnerability. People didn't talk about mental health. Like, and still probably there's elements of people not doing it. There is more being said now. Even two years ago, people didn't show vulnerability. They didn't. Like, it's a thing now and brilliant I'm so glad it is but for you back then 10 years ago holy shit like I think 10 years ago when I was in in work it was just anything remotely uncomfortable or vulnerable it was like you had a disease like nobody wanted to come near you nobody wanted to talk about it and you felt shame like I you feel shame if you ever even feel like that it's like God, there's something wrong with me because I'm I'm struggling right now. Uh-huh. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. No. You know, I remember like there's just so much pressure. And there was so much. And to be honest, I put a lot of the pressure on myself as well because I, you know, I went to um like drama school and stuff. And it's that thing of leave your stuff at the door and put a smile on your face and going, you know, you know, it's that it's those sayings like. You, you should you'll be dying on the floor before you get a day off you know it's that type of thing yeah, and it yeah. was like that it was really tough for me and I felt like my job they just didn't understand me I asked for help and they would just basically say get on with it I got told by my producer just get on with it other people have lost their dads <gasps> oh my god Gemma um, I know and I bet like when you think about it and, and you probably thought okay I'll try I just I'm sat in the office in floods of tears in front of him going, please help me. Like, you know, I, I'm not coping. Can I just have some time? No, just get on with it. Other people, I've got too much pressure. Other people have gone through this. In the crew cast, so, you know, you're not the only person. You know, so I just kind of, and you know, these, these things like, you know, you, you're ready for the day. And I remember, I am, a, I am a very highly sensitive person. I burst into tears and was like, stop, stop, stop. Don't ruin your makeup. Come on, we need to get you on set you know, that type of thing. So when you think of that, like I was there another two years after my dad had passed 
and that and then you're suppressing all that emotion every day I'm playing a character that so I'm stepping outside of my own body and my own life really for two years playing a character 12 hours a day you know five to seven days a week then I'm going on the red carpet looking perfect you know what I mean this whole perfectionism then you're doing magazine, you know, like magazines asking me like about the death of my dad. I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I really didn't want to talk about it. But for some reason, when you're in that industry, if you go through something like that, you're expected to completely open up and sell your story. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, please, like, I cannot have some privacy. Yeah. Oh, God. And it's so conflicting because in one breath, you're told not to talk about it or feel it and just go on with it. And the next thing it's like, yeah, but actually you could make a bit of a, you know, we could get a bit of a story on you on it. So talk about it. It's like, you're not allowed to be all of you. Yeah. It's like you're owned by the industry. Totally. Totally owned by the industry. And that's why I'm so, you know what I mean? I, I kind of really value my privacy now. Like it's, because it's, it was a real, you know what I mean? If And then if you don't want to talk about it or something, you, there's nothing that they want you to do. You know what I mean? You're quite- You're not used, no use almost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was a really, I think the, 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 you know, the death of my dad was traumatic in itself. But I think the two years after it and the way that I- dealt with it and processed it it's just you know just kind of get on with it yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and then the anxiety started to get really really bad to the point where I was like everyone hates me you know that kind of that par- and I didn't realize like this paranoia is part of anxiety as well like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that and I remember speaking to a few people that probably that I thought were friends at the time but within that industry they, they wasn't you just think you know what I mean you think you're friends because you're in the same place in the same life at the same time but you know just saying oh I'm worrying about this and that and like oh no I I I don't I've never gone through that or no I don't oh even. no it's so bad it's it's awful, isn't it? oh you're weird you're weird like oh so then you're oh I better not say anything oh, then I am paranoid it must be me it must be me because and it's bullshit right yeah it's like and this is why this is why I've created mind and wellness for a load of people to come together and go you know what I've had a really rubbish week this week I've really like my anxiety's been through the roof I feel really down I feel like everyone hates me you know what I mean like you know that type of thing to come into a space to speak and go you know what we're gonna have days we're gonna have weeks like this and those thoughts that you've that you've thought they're normal but we don't have to believe all the thoughts that we think in our head you know and this is why because I always say I've created what I've created now because at that time I felt like I didn't have like a community of girlfriends that that were there do you know what I mean so I feel like I wanted to create like this sisterhood of women to come together and could openly speak non-judgmental and have the support that they need and all the things in it that make you feel good like meditation breathwork yoga all that type of thing um but for me my journey of all this started with the my dad's death and and grief because yeah. it really it awakened me because yeah. I was, you know I didn't have a clue before that about it all and what's really 
interesting I'd love to touch on with you is I'm going to say this and hopefully you get it <laughs> is the 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 beauty that can come from death um yes almost an awakening of who we are being and what our purpose is um sometimes when death happens it it, it allows us to peel away those layers of inauthenticity almost I totally agree I totally agree because that version of me back then was masks, masks and masks and masks and masks to perceive myself a certain way to be, you know, in the job basically, or to be, to, for me to think, oh, well, they want this when I walk on the red carpet or, or they want this when I play this character or they want this, where it, since going through the um, grief, I've stripped all that back and now I'm at a point and now that I keep talking about it. And I always think of you, Jill, actually, when I talk about it on my social media, like I feel like I'm my true authentic self now. And I really sit in that. And I, and I really like the person that I am because back then I really, I, I had to leave my job because I go, I didn't like the person I become really didn't like that person. That wasn't me. But I had to, I had all these, this armor on to protect me, but I didn't like the person I had to leave to really find out who I was and who I wanted to become. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And this is the thing about death and grief. When we go through something very traumatic, mm-hmm. um, it changes us. Yeah. And often it can change us for the best. Now, that's me, not me saying that oh, well, you know, you're saying that, you know, you're better now without that. No, it's not. It's no. actually, it changes you for the best because you're met with almost identities. And it's like, well, who do I want to be now? Like, this is, this is life. Like, this is, <clears throat> you know, I have this opportunity to let go now of weight and identities of who I was being and how I was showing up in life and perhaps if that didn't happen you wouldn't have taken that turn in your life that you've taken which has now brought you to a point where you like what you see in the mirror and I'm not just talking about physical right it's actually behind the physical liking what you see and and liking who you are being and how you're showing up with authenticity and truth and standing in your power and putting your stake in the ground and saying this is my truth and that's okay if it's not anyone else's truth but this is my truth and when we can stand in that that's freedom of course it is and you're right, you know, I want to talk about what you said about, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have days where we feel like utter dog turd. It's called being human. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. But I just think like, this is why I like to be really open about that. and really honest about it because it's like, we all, we're all human beings. We all feel the same. At some point of our life, we have same experiences. We go through things, you know, And I think if we can be more open about that, less judgmental, because how judgmental is society? Oh, I know. I know. 
And I think this is the thing, it's media-led and almost, you know, in social media-led where it's like, show us a little bit, but not too much. And then it's be vulnerable, but don't do, don't do it too much. And it's like, yeah. and it's so noisy and so confusing because um, grief particularly is so unique to every individual. Um, and... What's not unique, unfortunately, is the judgment that comes with it and how people think that you should show up with grief, yeah. you know, impacts people very, very differently. And for me, creating this season was all about speaking to different people about grief um, and different ways of looking at grief. You know, you said, Gemma, that death was never talked about. Mm -hmm. It was you were almost protected from it, yet it is the 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 single thing that every single person will face. Yeah, definitely. But it's never talked about. You know, when you feel into grief right now, and obviously with your dad's passing ten years ago, does it still impact you the way it maybe did before? Yeah, it's it's very it's it's very bizarre because obviously my my dad passed such a you know I say such a long time ago it feels like yesterday to me and again it's that saying isn't it oh you should be over it by now <laughs> oh. do you know what I mean like people say things like that oh it's been been so long but you never you never it never gets easier never gets easier but I obviously I struggled with death and grief and I've done a lot of hypnotherapy around this and that's why I've gone on to do my hypnotherapy training myself because I felt like it really helped me but when I lost Phoebe um my first dog that passed away about um a year and a half ago all these feelings came up again of my dad's passing and how I dealt with my dad's passing started to happen with Phoebe like I didn't even want to speak about her I didn't even want to post about her. like I put a post about her, I didn't want to do that and I noticed my husband was just like looking at pictures of her that night and I was like what are you doing he's like oh I'm just looking at her and and I, there was a light bulb in my mind going oh my god you're you're still doing the same thing you're doing what you did with your dad not talking about her shutting the door on it no and I remember speaking ringing my hypnotherapist and saying can you see me this week and we spoke about this because I had a programming around grief and I don't know where I've learned it from but when it happens you shut it away and you don't talk about it and with Phoebe, I did a lot of work around it. I journaled around it. I spoke about it. I looked at pictures. Um, and I felt like a lot of healing happened around her death that helped me with my dad's death. And also I did get my two little girls are puppies and they really helped me. That It made me realize that you don't need to... I sat in grief quite a long time and sat in the sadness. Mm -hmm. You don't need to sit in the, the sadness. You can still be happy and see new life. And getting them made me realize that death is part of life and it's a chapter. And then there's still new life out there that you can get excited about and you can move through. And you don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't, you can still be happy even though you're grieving. Mm -hmm. And then when I lost, then when I lost Paige this year, I felt like that process was, was better. 
because I feel like I really awakened up to how I dealt with death and grief. Um, but by doing hypnotherapy and doing the work that, that we do, Jill, with coaching, it's like you, you're really aware of yourself, aren't you? You know what I mean? You're aware of your own patterns. You're aware of your own behavior. And you can change those patterns and behavior through coaching, through having hypnotherapy um, if you want to. And I felt like I did. And I feel like I've got a better understanding and process with grief now. Mm. where I still will get sad of course I'll get sad you know what I mean I will there'll be a song that comes on or there'll be you know an anniversary you know it, you know there'll be points of your life like I think you know there's points of my life that my dad's not here for and that's rubbish but mm. it yeah it's it's just like you just learn to live with it I don't think it ever gets any easier and I don't think time's a healer, as people say, oh, time's a healer. I don't really think time's a healer. I think you just learn a new way of living with it. Oh, yeah, I, I resonate with that. I think your capacity to grow and move forward in life just expands a little bit more. It's not that it gets easier. It's just your capacity, I think, expands a bit more. I mean, I, I have moments where I forget I don't know if that like happened to you yeah sometimes I'm I'll get up and in the morning and I'm like you know for, for for until like I'll be up a few hours and then I'm like oh god Jay my mum's dead yeah and I forgot and it's like well shit and I don't feel bad for that but the old me would have felt really guilty for that like the old me before the work I'd have been like oh shame on you how could you forget like you spent every day with her and like, how could you forget you're selfish or I had that emotion when my like um a while before I obviously did all this work as well where where I remember there was a day like I hadn't thought of him I think he, to be honest like, what's coming to me now I think it was like one of his first, one of the anniversaries that I didn't think of him straight away I think it was probably about like maybe third year fourth year and I hadn't thought of him straight away and the, like an hour had gone by and I beat myself up all day I was like so I said how can I have forgot how, I, I, you know what I mean and it's just like just any also I find it really hard around the anniversary of the death that we have to sit in that and and it's a story yeah yeah I get it it's like, this... like why, why do we have to celebrate the the day they pass like that was the saddest day and it's not really a day I want to kind of mark I don't know you know I know everyone has a completely different way with it but for me I always find that really bizarre I don't really like that day no and you know for me it's is that the day of like ours is the third of September and I, I, I think like you you have to have days where you maybe forget or mornings that you don't think about it or days that you maybe go by in time where you're, where you're not in it. I think it's really important and healthy because do. you don't need to sit in it every day. It doesn't mean you don't love that person. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but, you know, almost it's like you are here and you are living and you have a life to live mm -hmm. that doesn't mean for a single second that you don't care but it means that you're alive and you're here and you have life to live 
and we are here to be all that we can be in this lifetime and for me and I'll ask you the same but for me I'm here to to create an impact you know to really create an impact in the world and that saying leave leave it better than you found it but I really feel that I feel like I have to have a duty I agree I totally agree and like I was saying that's why I do what I do now you know it's it is because if you sit in I sat in it for for far too many years I'd say because I felt like that's what you had to do mm-hmm. and I felt so and I'm a very deep thinker anyway so I allowed my thoughts to take over um but I agree that when these things happen we are we change forever and if we can make an impact into other people's lives and help other people through our own experiences that I think that's beautiful that's you know what a great Mm. great life to be living yeah for sure for sure and you know when you were you you talked about your experiences Gemma and I know that you've done a lot of deeper work on yourself I'd love to sort of tap into that because I I have people that message me and say, you know, it's hitting me now, 10 years on, and I feel like I didn't really deal with it then, Um, which can create various different emotions in the body, you know, anger, resentment, um, a lot of things that we push to the, the, the push down and, and, and we, you know, suppress when you feel into what happened with you, when it almost felt like, get on with it, you know, you've got this performance that you need to put on. How did you go back and, or did you have to go back, you know, with hypnotherapy or with whatever it was that you, you sort of did, whether that was journaling or your own work, to go in and almost feel that, release that probably or forgive any part of that from the past you know because we can carry resentment for people that haven't held space for us or haven't really honored oh yeah um and that's a work in progress you know and I'm really honest about that that is a work some days yeah I have forgiveness and I'm like well actually they were under pressure they needed to get a show out I probably was being hard work for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know it's probably not fair for me, but I probably was being hard work for them and they probably could do without it. My grief, my struggle, um, because they had to get a show on the air. You know, it's as simple as that. Like, it's like running a business, isn't it? You know, and, you know, it's it's they have to get the whatever it is they have to keep that business running that you know what I mean they have to keep keep it running but I don't think there is enough support within well I can only speak for myself within that industry for um but I probably would say it's everywhere as well for grief because I do think in England it is very much stiff upper lip someone's passed away you bury them and then you're over it and then you're back to work and then you just get on with life and for me I actually couldn't do that because 
and really tapped into my thoughts and my emotions and I was like well I, I just can't I can't just get on with it I did for, I tried for so long but it made me ill like with anxiety like I said and you know all these kind of my, my thoughts racing and what I remember it stopping me going I need to figure out what is going on with me like my my body I remember Cole was poorly one of our dogs and I shook for 24 hours couldn't stop shaking my nervous system your nervous system right shook I, I just couldn't stop I was freezing cold and shook for 24 hours and I was like this isn't right but people I speak to now go oh that 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 happens to me quite often and I'm like does it, does it not frighten you you know like for me it frightened me I was like I need to really stop and figure out what is going on within me and that's you know what opened up to the world that I kind of live in now yeah I love that so yeah I think going back to the question I think some days I'm like yeah I understand I totally understand and I have compassion for these people because they did have to get a show on or people don't want to be listening to other people's problems most of the time you know what I mean you don't do you know what I mean some people don't they've not got space for it in their own life and I get that but on then the other flip side of it was god you know I was I've been there for so long I was a valued friend I was a valued member of of a, a community I seen it as like god if you couldn't give me that space or that time mm-hmm you I obviously didn't mean much and that's fine do you know what I mean but that that was my decision to move on that was my decision to kind of go okay no problems that's absolutely fine but you know I I need to look after myself I mean more to me Mm. so and if that was with friendships because you lose a lot of friendships I don't know if you've experienced that but you lose a lot of friends I've lost a lot of friendships as well through the process of grief and leaving the show because it you know because it's not nice to be around sometimes especially if you are sitting in it like I did it's probably not nice to be around because you're not that fun you know a lot of my friendships back then were built on as we were talking then you know going out and going to events and drinking and stuff like that I was just a completely different version of me and people some people don't want to be around that yeah people don't have that capacity and I think even going back you know years ago in that space you know it's like what I'm hearing and and I felt it in corporate as well a lot you're just a number it's like a, a machine you are you're not a human and actually to these people they they don't see you that way it's like next you know I have this show that needs to go out and I don't think it was ever personal and if it is personal it's just like you're an inconvenience you're causing me stress you have to leave it's like we stop seeing the freaking human behind this and perhaps you wouldn't have sat in it so long if you had been given if if it was been probably given about six months to just maybe just have some time away from playing a, a character that was very upbeat and happy you know what I mean which was great but you like that 12 hours a day and then you go home you're like you know what I mean and so maybe if the the, yeah they give time but you know what upsets me the most when I look back at that sort of thing is I was so well behaved (laughs) as an individual I turned up on time I knew my lines I 
I won them the soap awards that they wanted to win. I went on the red carpets that they needed me to go on. I did photo shoots that I didn't want to do and have probably ruined my chance of getting other acting jobs now, you know what I mean, back in the day. But I did them to keep people happy. And that's, again, that's something that you learn along the way. I do things now for me that, you know, but back then I did everything to keep everyone happy. And then when it was a time where I was like, I need some help, it was, you're an inconvenience. It was, yeah. It's so sad, isn't it, when you think about it and that that is how people have been treated and, and, and probably to a degree still continue to be treated. Yeah, things are changing now, but you it's like you are a performer and then it's like a help but I guess when you look back 10 years like who was your role model I mean this you know when I I I did this five years ago I started this journey like really working mm. with coaches and and retraining and everything when I started this I didn't know anyone that did what I'm doing so mm. it's come on a lot however I, I never had a role model. I was like, you know, when I was in corporate and it was the worst time, I always say I was it was the worst version of me because I wasn't a bad person or anything. I just didn't know. I was like, oh, the masks and uh, pleasing and trying to be a good, you know, employee and all these things. There was no role model like to, to say, well, oh, look at them. They're doing this and they're, they're, they're really into their well-being. And I can see differently, like back then, it's like you're all you're around as actors and people in the industry and media is like, it's, there's nowhere to escape to apart from to go inward, right? Exactly. There's nowhere to escape. Like I was saying, like I was on set playing the character then I was on a red carpet playing another character to, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't being my true authentic self even on red carpets. Like, I'm not a perfect person. I'm quite far from it. But I was trying my best to, you know, be kind of wear a certain outfit so you didn't get slated by the media, you know, have oh. you in a certain way, be a certain size, ha- you know, you know, have the fake tan on and stuff like that. And, and like now I'm like, no, I, I'm so far removed from that version of me that I was. So yeah, there was no escape. And then you have all these, when you go through grief, you have all these thoughts that come up and what are sitting right with you and what's not. And all this was just not sitting right with me. Yeah, like, this isn't me. This isn't the way I want to live my life. So it's so heavy, and yeah. you know, so heavy. There is more help and support out there now than there ever was. Even like if you say go back ten years, yeah. it wasn't there for you. It wasn't there. it wasn't there for you. And I do think like there's there's actually a really good um on Instagram um a really good space called Untangled Grief, and it's an app. And I only came across it recently and I was chatting to the the owner of it. And it's it's a space where there's a community and some of the posts that people put up, well, they put up, should I say, on the app, it is things like, I'm not going to, like one of them was, I wonder who the version of me I used to be would have turned out to be like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it just gets you. And I think only if you've gone through grief, you understand or, I kind of miss that old version of me, you know, that type, you know, and it is because you do go, well, if this hadn't have happened, 
wonder what I'd be doing now. wonder where I'd be going. And you kind of have a little bit of grief for the old version of you as well. Yeah, Uh because had your dad not passed away... What, what would I be doing now? Would I still be acting. on the show? Would I still be acting? Would I still be playing the character? Would I have done other acting jobs? Would, what what would I be doing? What would my life look like? And I know you shouldn't say it's hindsight, you know, could have, would have, should have, but what would it have been like? Because yeah. it took me a good 10 years to heal, process, to go on a journey. And now I feel my purpose in life is to help others that's all I want to do all I want to do is help others so they don't feel as lost as I did Hmm. yeah and I I do I do and I had Ali on um well obviously we both know Ali quite well um and we were talking about the journey and our journey our soul's journey and everyone has their own unique soul's journey and I believe that is this is what you're supposed to be doing. I really do, Gemma. And but there's also this feeling that there is other things for you. Like I know you did um Brassic that episode. And I still, when I see you in that space, I still feel like there's something there. <laughs> I don't know. You're probably yeah, like, no way. I agree. I would have agreed with you a couple of years ago because I absolutely hated the industry, hated acting. You know what I mean? Like I was like, no. But now I've moved through what I've moved through. I've learned so much. And I've spoke to Ali about this actually as well, because I did his call to optimize and we spoke about it a lot. Like I'm really sitting in my true authentic self. Like I feel and my soul, like I am who I am now. I am living the life that I keep going back to my childhood. Like I loved animals. I love being around animals so much. I, I was very a different child like not everyone got me you know probably how I am now but I sit in that space now where when I was younger in my 20s I tried to be like one of those girls that everybody loved and I was popular I want to be popular and that and I'm you know I'm happy to admit that but I probably was around people that wasn't really my true friends you know what I mean but I kind of just did it to be in the the group you know when now I, I have the people in my life are amazing and they're meaningful. And like I said, you know, before we come on this call, like people I've met through coaching, I really, we have really deep conversations that mean something because I, I can't just do surface level anymore. It's like, oh you want a surface level conversation? Okay, but I'm not your gal. <laughs> Let's get I deep for you. <laughs> I totally get it. I get it. So, yeah, and I feel like I am, like, in my soul. But going back to acting, like, before Christmas, I did a workshop with um, a director I used to work with on Hollyoaks. And I seen he was doing this um, authentic emotion, and it really stood out to me because I thought, you know what? Let me just go to this and see, like, all what I've learned about myself and the person that I am now. Let's see if I can actually bring that into my acting. And... I did this scene and it flowed. And I think also coaching really helped with that because coaching teaches you how to listen, how to communicate, like how to really understand 
like human behavior and human conversation, which actually that is what acting is. We're quite trying to create that again, but as characters. Mm-hmm. So I did this workshop and I really kind of sat in it. And I am a very emotional person. So I find it really easy to bring tears and things like that. Like that, I feel, I'm a very um, kinesthetic. You can really tune into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I, I have to feel everything, like every job, like all my jobs that I've done, I've had to feel or, you know what I mean, like to do it. Mm-hmm. So I did this um, scene and I actually, I walked, I, I did it and years ago I'd have been looking around the room like to the director, the crew, like, was that okay? Was that okay? Like, should I carry on? Was that okay? And I just didn't. I just did the scene, trusted it, I tried my best to hold back those tears because that's what you do in real life. You don't just blubber in front of, you know, some people you do, but half the time you're trying to hold it back. And then that creates something different as well in your acting. And I finished the scene and I was like, yeah, I'm ready now. I'm ready to get back out there and act again. Like I am going to bring whatever the next job is and I'm not holding on years ago. I'd be like, I want the job now. I'm not. I'm just like, well, it'll be, it'll be out there. I know I will act again. And the next thing I do, if I'm allowed to bring that authenticity and if I'm allowed to play that certain character, because people do just see me, like casting directors won't see me for serious stuff. They just will see me for comedy. But if they, if people would open up to seeing me for that sort of stuff, I know I could bring something on tv that would be incredible that people really sit there and watch and go you know those you know like you know you you take them on the journey oh my god like I know I'm ready to do that in the acting world again and on something so yeah I, I hope I'm lucky enough to to get the chance but this scene I did that thing you have to work don't you I'm going to refilm it myself and I'm going to put it on my show reel and send it out to a load of casting directors next year and see what comes I love this because when we spoke over two years ago you were like no acting you're like nah 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 what growth that you have had by really being in your space and owning it and taking responsibility for who you are being and how you were showing up and it is shining through like I went on that journey when you spoke there like when you spoke there I'm like I'm in that and it's a feeling when you can speak that way Gemma and take people with you that is it's that bringing that authenticity to the space and I love that you said that non-attachment I think when you leave nothing on the table you know I think sometimes when we get in our heads too much we lose ourselves totally when we can take that pause and breathe like I always say to people close down your eyes because it's that invitation to go inward and when we can pull on those emotions and you are as you said you're you're a highly sensitive and you can feel those emotions that's a real gift not only to yourself first and foremost but to other people because other people it's the feelings right and I would love to see you in that space because I think you are and you've grown so much. And this is what we were saying around things that can be the most painful, difficult things. If we allow ourselves to trust ourselves 
and to understand that we get to live you know of course we can feel all of our emotions but we don't need to live in it we can live and we can take everything all of the good the bad the ugly all of the emotions that are not separate from us you know and when we hold them all in love mm. and we're able to alchemize these emotions and and take that into our new experiences and our new ways of being and authenticity in life because authenticity and all of that you know it's not just the the good it, it's all of it it's, and it's an entirety it's all of the emotions and when you show up that way Gemma it gives others permission to, to do it too to do it as well and yeah I love that I love that I went on the journey there with you <laughs> Is it's, it's weird with acting though because it is it's all about experience isn't it you're creating something so the more you you live the more you go through things in your life the more you can bring it into that space and yeah it's it, it you know grief in itself it has sent me on a journey and then sometimes you have that little voice in your head where you you feel guilty for it, don't you? You feel guilty for kind of moving on and kind of living your life. But like you said, you have to live. You have to live and you have to learn that life is about, you know, being born and, and dying. Like we're all going yeah. to die at a part of our life. Like, and you, when you're here, you have to make the most of it. You have to take those chances and not let fear pull you back and speak your truth that was something that I had to really work on like and sit in your own authenticity and know that that voice inside you has a voice to come out mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful and it is scary and all the things mm. but who you become on that journey of authenticity is um is really special and when you can receive yourself and allow yourself to heal it, it's much easier to be non-attached mm -hmm. to the knockbacks and the setbacks and mm -hmm. and all of the other things and and the rejection that that might happen in life when we see ourselves and hold ourselves in love and we're like okay you know, this is, I maybe would do it differently, but it's shaped me and it's the, it's the learning and it's, it's the living and going back to not feeling bad about living your life because that was their life. Mm. You know, that was their life. That was their journey. And sometimes it's taken too soon, but we don't know really. And I, I mean, I am, a, 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 I love to explore um, life after death and soul connection and soul journeys. I am a huge, huge explorer of all of that. Um, but we don't really know because no one's really come back and said, hey, <laughs> by yeah, the way. I know, I know yeah. <laughs> but it does give me so much comfort. But it is, um, yeah, it's, it's that, I'm here and I'm alive right now. How, how can I live in this person that's gone? Like I know for me and definitely for you too, our moms and dads, you know, they would be like, 
do it, you know, do it, be it, you know, as Beyonce says, be it, be about it. I'm like, I love that. It's like, who am I being? And when we go back to authenticity, because because it, it is all aligned, right? When we can say to ourselves, am I being all of me right now? And sometimes we're not, you know, and we like to think we are. I had this thing the other week and I thought, yeah, I am, I am, I'm fully transparent. And yeah, I'm transparent and I'm, I'm, and I think I'm being, but actually I still hold back. I still hold back in certain circles, I guess, you know, maybe some groups that I think, oh, I don't want to say that because they don't really get it. So I'll filter. Actually, we don't need to filter anything. You know, we just need to be the best that we can be and show up with complete trust that we're doing our job of being and we were speaking about this before weren't we like you know what I mean like kind of filtering yourself around different people this is the thing that I do find really hard I am who I am and if you you know if you get it you get it great and if you don't that's absolutely fine you know what I mean it's like it's just like I really sit in it now I really sit in that um that that space and I like to I like to just delve deep and learn more and more about myself how I can improve myself how I can show up every day and and also like the gratitude like I think especially when you lose somebody you're so grateful for everything you have in a day like you you know it's sometimes like you can be a bit maybe (laughs) For, for me now, people are like, God, you are a little bit too happy all the time. And I'm like, but I'm just so grateful that I get to live my life every day and I get to live it the way I want to live it every single day. And I get my, you know, I have my animals around me and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's, it had, it gave me a big push to go and do really and figure out who I really wanted to be and yeah. show up in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Death uh, and a painful experience at that really did take you on a journey of self-discovery yeah and that's beautiful yeah I always think that journey comes to people but I always think people do have that voice it's just when you want to to go on the journey and when it's the right time for you yeah for sure for sure and you know it's like going back to that thing where I said the beauty that can sometimes come from death allows us to really start to live if we choose to you know what is this teaching me you know this pain what what is this really teaching me and for you Gemma it taught you to really sit and understand right well who do I want to be now because I don't want to be a machine I don't want to be a number like we're all human beings and we should be valued and we should people should take care of us as well like when we're you know we all go through times where it might be we're you know we need somebody to kind of look after us and I think workplaces should do that for their staff yeah I really think they should give that space to people like if you're going through stuff, I understand they've got a business still to run and, and other stuff. And I totally see it from both sides, but sometimes just that, are you okay? Do you need anything? Given, mm. you know, just I think that is the thing. And I think, you know, anyone who has a business, 
just always think of that and try not to get too wrapped up in the machine um because you never know what people are going through behind a smile do you absolutely not and I think if we talked about death and grief much more it wouldn't feel as such a taboo thing that we need to feel that we need to hide from and you know you sharing what you've shared today has been amazing especially in this platform in this space where people are grieving every day and they maybe don't have someone to just normalize it because guess what it's tough but it's normal it's happening every day I go through every single emotion within one day Mm-hmm. everything you know at the at the start of it every single emotion within one day oh god yeah that's us that's me and my sister for sure you'll have this moment where you're just cooking dinner and you're like oh god oh god it's just this wave of yeah. did that actually happen and then half an hour later you could be having a dance or a joke or a laugh and it's and it's all okay it's all okay and you know when when you love hard it hurts hard and it's not gonna not be painful but if we can create a space where you can listen to these episodes and understand that you're going to be okay you are going to be okay and and you don't need to not talk about that person you know when I die I don't want to be forgotten about (laughs) (laughs) who's gonna like you know, I, I think when we stop talking about them, then they're really gone, Gemma. Yeah, I know, I know. And going on, like, you know, the the my my animals, like I talk about my animals near enough every day. I talk to my other dogs about them and stuff and show them pictures. Like I talk to my husband about them all the time. I wonder what Phoebe would do with the new puppy or I wonder what Paige would do or Paige. And I think it's like, it is lovely to keep them in, you know what I mean keep the memory and keep them alive within you because they're not just forgotten about because they've died but I do think that's possibly what we have learned from yeah. from generations before before us before we're making the change that when someone dies it, you just don't talk about it and just move on because it was that generational thing people didn't talk about anything did they and just mm-hmm. suffered in silence where I just hope now that we are talking about grief more, we're talking about death and, you know, we can keep people that we loved alive mm-hmm. within our space. I love that. Yeah, yeah, because I would definitely want to be kept alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my, my friends and my kids and my partner and my family talking yeah. about me. Not that it's not like I wouldn't exist, you know doing it and and taking them with you on on your journey and allowing them because I I believe in spirit and and you know if they're watching and connecting and with a sense of pride of who you are being and how you're showing up in in this world they are the guy the guiding us as well oh without a doubt guiding us as well yeah that connection never really goes um I love that. Gemma, thank you so much. What a beautiful conversation. I could talk to you all day. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm the same. We could have a, a little uh, brew and a catch up all day, couldn't we? Just chatting about stuff. But yeah. Um, but thank yeah. you. Gemma, 
people know you that listen to this but for ones for people that don't know how can people get in touch with you you mentioned your hypnotherapy your coaching you've also got can you share a bit more about that yeah so my instagram is at Gemma Myrna that's my personal one and my business one which is at mind and wellness uk or our website is mindandwellness.co.uk and with mind and wellness we have um a membership a community membership that has loads of things in like a coaching call each month we have um a live yoga well movement and meditation class every week with me we have pre-records of yoga meditation pilates sound healing breath work bar um pre and postnatal all the things that is it's there for you on one platform to make you feel good so if you are going into burnout or anxiety or depression there is a community there and we implement these habits of movement of meditation of being aware of ourselves to make us feel good and yeah I do private um coaching and private hypnotherapy as well so um oh, so amazing. come and have a chat you know there's so much going on I do courses as well we're doing a self-love course for February and yeah I just want to bring people together into a space where they feel safe and they can connect with other like-minded people as well amazing Gemma and we'll drop all the links into the show notes as well thank you so much my love it was beautiful speaking to you thank you for opening up and sharing so honestly and authentically thank you so much for having me